I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everyone. It's Shannon here at Alpha Chat. We've got a little extra something for you this week. Sherry Turkle came by to talk about her book, Reclaiming Conversation, and our chat ran a bit longer than we were able to put on our normal show. So here is the rest of our conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Technology has enabled a lot of a lot of flexibility in 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 accessibility for people right in, t- in terms of how they can get their work done how they can you know arrange their own schedules which is incredibly important if you're a parent if you're a caregiver but you know how do we balance those sort of the benefits that that you can have with these these more flexible schedules you know with this idea that we we are going to do better actually if we're in the office we're not telecommuting we're we're present you know, we're meeting people in person. I mean, how, you, you give an example of, you know, a couple companies where they, you know, they see a real negative impact from people not being right. in the same space. And one where they instead, you know, they kind of pull everyone back in. And we saw that happen at Yahoo, right? Mm-hmm. Where Marissa Mayer came in and said, nope, can't work from home. You got to come into the office. And there was a lot of criticism ab- about that. Right. But h- how do we sort of preserve the idea that technology can help us you know, meet other needs in our lives, uh, do these things, you know, make sure that I can get home, you know, I can get to the parent-teacher conference or I can get home for my child or my my parent who's living with me while also meeting my work obligations. Well, I think you're putting it very well. You're, you're, in your question, you're playing out in your mind the way people balance, well, on the one hand and then on the other hand. And for each two hands... People make a choice. But that's not what's been happening. What's been happening is people have been saying, oh my God, hoteling. Explain what hoteling is. Okay, hoteling is where you just shut down your bricks and mortar operation Mm -hmm. and you say, stay home. Mm -hmm. And if you need to come to an office, if you need a conference room, if you need the, the resources, the Xeroxing and the scanning, whatever you need... Um, come to a place, it's basically a hotel, and we'll give you a key, and we'll give you an office for a day, and you can close the door, and that's your office for the day. No one else in your work group will be there, okay. uh, but you will be, you know, you'll have a place for a day. Right, you're in a remote location, but you're, you're plugged into the network. You're plugged into the network someplace. And I tell a story, and it's a very, you know, a lot of companies have gone to this, because it seems cost-effective, you know, instead of having like a building with mm-hmm. all your people, mm-hmm. you know, but brushing shoulders and meeting at the water cooler and being very expensive, you know. Mm, right, all those overhead costs. <laughs> all those overhead costs. <laughs> you know, mostly they're at home mm-hmm. with, their, with, their, with their Xerox and mm-hmm. maybe their fax and their scanner and mm-hmm. their computer. And every once in a while, they, they take up a little office mm-hmm. in a hotel. Um, and I, I tell a story of, of actually this was a gentleman who had had helped to build the social network that enabled the hoteling mm-hmm. for this one company. Mm-hmm. And he comes in, and on the day I interview him, he he tells the story of how he was so lonely 
and so isolated at work that he had taken his iPhone and he had he had recorded the silence of his office and sent it home to his wife. Right. That work for him had become this dead, alienating place. Right. With and no then, interaction, no other people around. No you. interaction, right. no other people. Right. This dead, this dead space. So, I guess what I'm saying is, you have to balance the, you know, your needs to cut costs mm-hmm. with with a realistic look at what you're going to be losing and not tell yourself a kind of magical story. Right. uh, Which is, I think, what we do with technology. We tell ourselves the magical story and we don't want to face the the kind of realistic human story of what actually happens in this case when you don't give workers, when you don't give your employees a place to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what Reclaiming Conversation is about. It's giving voice to those human stories where at the workplace, conversation counts. It mm-hmm. counts for collaboration. It counts for creativity. It counts for, it counts for making a better product and for making money and for getting people to want to come to work. Right. And, you know, in a crunch, that doesn't mean that a company can't make a decision that for certain product lines or for certain parts of the company, they need to take radical steps. But you have to think it through. I guess that's what I'm saying. You have to think it through. It's not that you can say, oh, I know for for everybody in every corner of the firm, let's just, you know, move to a solution. Because it's not necessarily the solution that in the long term um, is going to work for you. And just because technology lets us do something doesn't mean it's always right to do that in every Absolutely. Case. Technology right. lets us do, technology has let us um, ha, go give phones to five-year-olds. They're not going outside to play. They're not talking right. to each other. They're seduced by all the exciting things they can do on their phone. They're not, they're not al- being allowed a moment of boredom or reverie, which their brains and their imaginations desperately need technology has not done them a service, mm-hmm. but technology's allowed it. And the same thing is happening to go from the five-year-olds to the to the corporations. Right. Technology's allowed a lot of things in the workplace that is not what our workplace needs. I, I talk about the pilot and the cockpit, which is what members of a law firm talk uh, refer to when they talk about the guys in the firm who come in and put on their headphones mm-hmm. and spread out their, you know, computers and their usually multiple phones and really don't want to meet with other members of the firm. They right, they're signaling have lunch. that they're not available. They're not available. Yeah. They don't want to come to lunch. They don't want to mix in the hall. They, they feel that they're doing more work mm-hmm. when they are in their, their bubble. zone. They're in right. their bubble. But, you know, when one of the law firms I studied actually ran the numbers, it was the lawyers who met with clients and who met with their fellow lawyers who, who had the better results. So you, there was, it was there, you know, in, in the actual numbers, in Absolutely. the actual financial product of Absolutely. the company. Absolutely. I mean, one of the, you know, one of the, um, one of the themes in the interviews in the workplace really was that you need conversations for trust. Mm-hmm. You need conversations to close the deal. 
and you need conversations to apologize. In that case, what do you think about open office plans? This is a point of disagreement between me and my co-host, Cardiff, who kind of hates the big open office we have uh -huh. here because he does find it very distracting. You know, I, I, I think it's a little more beneficial because I enjoy those those kind of more spontaneous interactions I have, although I will totally cop to having the big headphones that I put on when right. I really need to focus. But that for me is a – it's the sort of the physical version of, you know, disconnecting my computer from the internet when I really need to write something. Right. Well, the open office plan is a funny thing because in, in one of the open offices I studied, um, people had established a kind of funny signaling system with their headphones mm -hmm. because they, they, they needed to signal – Various degrees of accessibility, right? You know uh, that that just wearing headphones wasn't enough, because sometimes you want to wear headphones, but also say, "Look, if it's an emergency, you can interrupt. You me can interrupt talk, me, right. or you can interrupt me when it's not an emergency, but but you but you want to collaborate on something, but it doesn't have to be like a fire, right? Or Please interrupt me. I'm only looking as though I'm working. You know, I'm right. de I'm really desperate today. So they had, you know, one flipped up was this, and you know, one loosely in the ears was another thing. And this is this extremely elaborate set of of, of signaling right. with headphones. So I know I think that, and also I think people are different, right. um, and different kind of organizations are different, they and different organizations different are different. But mm -hmm. I certainly don't think that open office plans are a um, are a kind of panacea, right? And uh, in one of the companies I studied, um, people were finding that they were hiding. Right. There was an elaborate, elaborate scheme of hiding under desks and, you know, finding places to hide and, and even staying home. I mean, I think one of the, one of the most, um, I would say, troubling patterns, and it really was a pattern, was of staying home from work and calling in sick right. when you really needed to get work done. Right. Because you couldn't, otherwise you weren't going to be able to turn off that feed at the office no. of constantly needing to be on. People just wishing they had an office yeah. where they closed the door, they wouldn't have to call in sick so much. Yeah. And resenting right. having to call in sick when really they just wanted to work. Right. So you need to be able to sort of create those spaces. Yes. For solitude as well as for conversation. In the workplace, how do, how do we sort of create those device-free zones? Several things. First of all, you create device-free zones where you mm -hmm. simply say, this is a zone for conversation. So a meeting, a meeting. or a conference Meetings room. are not the place to do email. Mm -hmm. We know that note-taking on computers becomes transcription. Mm -hmm. People are doing terrible notes on their computers. They're transcribing the contents. They're not learning how to take notes. One of the biggest complaints for employers is that younger people don't know how to take notes anymore. Mm -hmm. They're not learning it by taking notes on computers. They're right. learning how to do become court stenographers. Right. So take notes, no computers, no emails. And if your meeting is boring and if your meeting is long and tedious and boring, well, you know, that's on you. Right. Get that meeting in order. So meetings will improve if you if if really they become places where people are there to get together and have a meeting, and that just becomes the norm of the group. Um, and then get rid of this notion that people have to have their phones there for emergencies. In other words, there is an assistant outside the meeting who knows everybody in the meeting, and if there is a who has all the phones, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of, and has an emergency number. And if there is an emergency, you will be contacted. But this notion 
because I interview people a lot about why they need their phones, and this notion of emergency, that there'll be a terrible emergency, right. came up over and And how over. do we even define anymore what an emergency well, is? Well, I know how people define emergency, and the bar is set very low. Mm -hmm. The bar has gone very low. I mean, very low. So, so get rid of this idea that you're going to be called to an emergency. If there's an emergency, you will be called to it. Mm -hmm. um, so no phones in meetings. Um, and then um, sacred spaces at work, in the same as at home, where, where there are no phones. And then setting, uh, really designing for conversation in the workplace, where there, are, where, where there aren't just, you know, places without phones, but places that make it easy to talk. Right. And then uh, most important, and I just, I, you know, I can't emphasize this enough, to create a culture of conversation, you have to convince people that the most important thing in your work culture is not being online, available 24-7. And sort of similarly to how you talk about parents modeling this for their children, this is something you say that this is like the senior leadership, right? Absolutely. Has to model it for this their This is employees. the senior leadership. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, if, if somebody sends you an email, start answering it by saying, I'm thinking. And, and if watch, you feel that need, you have uh, to get back to them? I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking. And watch that go viral. I'm thinking. And everybody in your organization should be spending a little bit more time thinking. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that happens is we become transactional. Right. We become reactive. Somebody asks, you know, you, you get an email and you feel you have to answer right. with a quick response. Before you've processed or really taken any time to... To give it thought. Yes. And what mm -hmm. happens is, is that we start asking ourselves questions that we can answer quickly right. without thought. So we dumb down our questions to be questions that we can answer quickly. Right. And so we're dumbing down our questions. We're dumbing down our answers. And the questions before us seriously in the complex organizations of today are not questions that are amenable mm -hmm. to this kind of dumbing down. Mm -hmm. So we give everyone listening permission to to wait before responding to their emails. Yes. To to put their phones down. Yes. To leave them outside of meetings. Yes. To get them out of their bedrooms. Yes. Spend a little less time on them. Yes. And we'll and be and we'll be better. We'll just be better humans. <laughs> ultimately. We'll, we'll be I don't know if we'll be better humans. We'll be listening to each other. I mean, we'll recover, we'll reclaim, and this isn't at all a retro position, but we are meant to be empathic, we, we have the chip, we have the listening chip, which allows us, because it was, um, it was Darwinianly useful to, to understand things from the other person's point of view. You know, it really is part of raising a child mm -hmm. successfully, it's part of running a business successfully. It's part of apologizing successfully so you can get on with relationships that didn't go well and continue to function. And you don't want to lose all of that. Right. We kind of need to get out of our own way of, of doing that. Yes. Where we put technology in between us and yes. the ability to, to do We that. have put, in my view, we have put technology in, the, in our way. And we didn't do it on purpose. We did it because this technology was so amazing and I think it's just taken us a little while to, to sort of see. And it's still very early days. I mean, one of the, one of the things that occurred to me as I was um, 
as I've been working is, is, is to say that, you know, we grew up with the internet and so we think the internet is all grown up, but it's not. It's very early days mm -hmm. and we should be very easy on ourselves in some ways because it's all very new and it's natural for us to think, well, it's always, it's, it has to be like this because it's always been so. It hasn't always been so that we interrupt conversations to just look at what's coming in on our phones. Right. I mean, that's, smartphones haven't existed for very that's long. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy to interrupt a, a significant conversation to just check who else might be saying something to you. Right. It's not good. We don't have to do it. Just say no. <laughs> we can move, move away from, what would you call it? From, from, from having moments of more but lives of less. Yes. To actually talking to each other. Yes. It's a, let's, all just, let's all do it. Let's all take on that challenge. Yes. Sherry Dargle, thank you so much for joining us today. My, my pleasure. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.